Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. And we are live. With real people again. With, with real people, despite all the... Um, this studio is cursed. Every, I swear there must be like some elves that come in here <laughs> in the middle of the night and start moving cables around and breaking stuff. We've got a missing chair <laughs> and a missing set of headphones this morning it's before all, you guys came. all over the place. How are you? How are you both? We're uh, joined by Tiana and Sia, and we're here to talk about... Laser hair removal. Laser hair removal. It's... You know what? It's very commonly done here in Australia. And I think that for a lot of our interna- international guests over on the other side of the pond, it's a bit of a novel concept still. It's still Definitely. not widely done like it is here in Australia. So Yeah. I lo- when I moved from the UK to Australia, I was like, wow, this stuff's available everywhere. And it's a bit novel to me. And, you know, my wife is still sort of waxing and stuff. So it's kind of a amazingly developed market here but i think in other countries it's still very expensive and maybe not available so we come on to that yeah i mean why do you guys think initially i mean australia very body conscious country especially i guess here in sydney as well i mean do you think that's what's driving i guess the need for people to be hairless and sexy in 2022 i feel like we have such warm weather here in australia and we have such a big i guess beach outdoor sort of culture as well and everybody wants to feel confident when they put on their swimsuit or they put on their activewear to go for a hike Um, and a part of that is being hair free yeah yeah I agree that's what I noticed anyway everyone wants to be perfect on the beach but also they're they're more body conscious they're health conscious nutrition conscious so it it all rolls into one doesn't it was it a big shift for you coming to Australia and seeing people Wearing like half the amount of clothes that you <laughs> <laughs> used to in the UK. It's actually quite nice to not have to, I don't own a coat anymore. So it's quite nice to sort of be free here in my shorts today. Yep. So in terms of the conversation today around laser hair removal, as we've said, it's been around for quite a long time, especially here in Australia. But we're here to talk about, I guess, some of the changes that are happening in the industry, the way that technology is progressing. I mean, I guess just for a little bit of background about people, about you know the, the challenges that we've had with laser hair removal, things like contraindications, having to be careful of sun exposure, people getting tan injections, all sorts of things that make laser hair removal complicated. Um, I guess maybe just to start things off, um, in terms of what Alma does in terms of a little bit about your company, your philosophy, and then we'll, we'll get on to you, Sarah, as well, and talk about all your experience in the industry as well. But just give us a little bit of a flavor for, for Alma, and I guess and we'll start talking about the technology and some of the differences between what's traditionally been on the market and what you guys are doing that's different and, and exciting. So Alma is one of the top five energy-based device companies in the world. We do our own research and development. We manufacture. We have a service, a clinical, a marketing team, all here in Australia, as well as other subsidiaries all across the world. And our aim is to provide innovative energy-based technology, whether that be lasers for laser hair removal, radiofrequency, ultrasound. We really have such a wide scope of products. And our aim is to be innovative, deliver results, 
and deliver something that is going to make business owners' lives easy. Yeah, fantastic. And actually, why don't you give the listeners a bit of your own background? So you're Tiana. Uh, Where did you work prior to working with Alma? What was your background? So my background, I took a little bit of a detour to get into this industry. I'm actually by qualification a medical engineer and I have postgraduate degrees in human nutrition. So I've always been very interested in health um, and this industry, but it's a little bit of a left step to jump into aesthetics. Um, Prior to this, I worked in prosthetics um, as an engineer. And then transitioned into Alma, you know, as a medical engineer or as an engineer full stop, you work behind a computer a lot, but something that this industry affords me in my position as clinical application specialist is the ability to interact with clients on a daily basis. And I really enjoy that interaction. Yeah. Um, so I guess just carrying on from some of the, the complications and, and, and things that make laser hair removal challenging, do you want to just maybe just gloss over that a little bit in a little bit more detail around the challenges that the current technology, like I guess, can create within this industry and, and the complications that can arise from that? There's several complications <laughs> that can arise with laser hair removal um, and a lot of contraindications as well. So things that preclude people from having treatment. I think some of the biggest that people faced prior to Alma Soprano is treating artificially and suntan skin. So that was always a big no, Mm. as with blonde and red hair. So traditionally people with those hair colours have been told, no, sorry, we don't have anything that works for you. Mm. And if you've had even a slight bit of sun exposure or a little bit of fake tan still on your body, uh, unfortunately, they've been turned away as well. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, is pretty much everyone in Australia. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it it seems like... we expect from my clinics, you know, a certain time of the year rolls around, you get those first few couple of hot days, people go out and, and fry themselves and there's cancellations and it, and it causes all sorts of manner of, you know, business disruption. So I guess, see, uh, you know, we'll sort of get on onto your side of things as well, because you've actually got the, you know, on hand, hands-on experience. You've had businesses in the industry for a long time. So can you just give the listeners a little bit of a background about you? I mean, I've been hearing your ads on the radio for like the last 50, I remember seeing, because you know, it was before, it's, it's you by Sia, but it used to be laser by Sia. So can you give us just a little bit of, of your background and sort of what led you to sort of, I guess, you know, start looking at different technology for your businesses? Yeah. So I came into the industry probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, back then you, there was no way you could even study yep. laser. So I started working for a doctor. Uh, I then got certified through the company that had the laser machines. Back then, you know, not many people were even confident in taking the risk that they thought came with lasers. It was something new. People were concerned what the long-term effects. Uh, Obviously, you know, years down the track, people realize, you know, that you do walk out of there, you don't, no limbs are going to fall off, you know, (laughs) nothing's going to happen to you. Um, So definitely, I think the change has been people knowing that the technology now has been in the industry for long enough and that there are no long-term side effects. You know, they always worry about the danger side of laser, whereas now obviously they're a lot more educated, there's a lot more clinics, and they can also speak to people that have had the treatments done. Um, I went out and opened up my own clinics in 2005. Back then I was the second laser clinic only in Sydney. So, again, just the challenges of, I suppose, building confidence 
in clients about the safety side of laser, um, how long lasers have actually been around, that it's not something new. And if you understand the clinical side of the technology you're using, you're able to explain it correctly to the client so that they can understand um, the laser that you're specifically using, why it's safe. Because obviously, you know, the lasers that cut through metal. Yeah. You know, they're medical lasers. So it's understanding and building that confidence in clients as to why they should go down that path. Um, obviously, the benefits that come with laser hair removal, that's treating a lot of medical conditions. Um, that's been fantastic as well. So doctors that keep up to date, and I'm talking probably 15 years ago, um, with understanding how you can assist with certain things like ingrowns, boils, um, medical conditions, it's, it's been fantastic. So I've been in the industry. I went from having one clinic, I landed up. With seven. Oh, right. Not, no, and no, not gray, no gray hair yet. <laughs> oh, this is dark, honey. Don't worry. It's my poor husband that's gray. Oh, right. Yes. Um, yeah, so expanding um, and then also just been very interesting being in the industry for so long, also seeing how it's changed, um, how it's evolved as well. Um, but, you know, I love what I do. I've been doing it for years uh, I suppose it got to the stage where I am one of those people that will listen to my clients and I will look at all the contraindications and all the hurdles and obstacles that are in my way from a business owner's perspective to a client's perspective to a therapist's perspective. And probably about six years ago, I thought, no, there's got to be a better way. Mm. You know, uh, the pain factor that came with the traditional lasers that are on the market, the length of time it takes to perform a treatment. So you've got the therapist sitting in there trying to focus and concentrate for hours on end, you know, so it's tedious on that. And then all your consumables and, you know, how to look after the machine. So for me, it was really initially the pain factor. I think that was the first thing. And then again, being in a country like Australia, Yes, we're sun people, you know. Yep. We're down on Bondi Beach all the time. <laughs> Not being able to treat skins that are tanned, having to wait. So then you're having to pause your treatments, which also also then obviously yep. affects the efficacy of yep. how the treatments work. So I started researching six years ago. I did come across Alma back then. Um, obviously not having a presence in Australia, I was a little bit reluctant, but kind of kept it in the back of my mind. Also needed to wait until the industry was ready for a change. Um, the, the machines that I used to use, obviously, I kind of put them on the map, built mm -hmm. that yep. market for them, which obviously everyone went out then and went, okay, whatever yep. Sears using, let's get it. Yep. But then finding a time, because there are slight differentiations to how the treatment, after treatment results will, I suppose, occur, working out, right, when when's good for a change. And yeah, eventually decided to take that leap and, and get something better and that's something that could also remove all those obstacles and hurdles that I had. Fantastic. Now, to give our listeners some idea of how this industry has grown, at least in Australia, you said you were the second in Sydney. How many do you reckon there are in Sydney now? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thousands. Yeah. Literally. I, I reckon I, there's one, there's one, there's literally one in every single suburb, yeah. I would say, just oh, about. I reckon there's five in every suburb. Mm. It's just... Depending on it's, what it's suburb, amazing yeah. for the patient. Yeah. But I guess for a business owner, it must be unbelievably challenging because the prices have just yeah. sunk like crazy. Mm. I mean, like what what were you charging perhaps you know for a, a typical area back then and and now? So originally, probably about eighteen years ago, it was probably about four hundred and twenty dollars for your lower legs mm -hmm. per treatment. 
Uh, obviously, then as the industry expanded, because it's always supply and demand, isn't it? Yeah. Where prices drop. Uh, once you had these massive franchises opening up, you know, now you've got competition. Uh, prices are now probably charge maybe 169 for lower yeah. legs. Yeah. So it has dramatically dropped. Um, I'm not the lowest spectrum in the price because, yep. again, you get what you pay for. Yes, mm-hmm. agreed. Um, I think also being in the industry for so long, I've had so many clinics, I've yeah. interviewed so many girls, you know, learning what doesn't get taught, what training doesn't happen, what the understanding is of the technology they're using. I think it's it's been a bit frightening in that, you know, just anyone can pretty much pick up a laser yeah. and go. And, you know, it's not a toy. Yeah, it's no. still a laser. You can do some serious damage. So I like to keep a very high level make sure that my therapists are extremely well-trained. And there's certain things I think that benefit me as a, a company and why I've had clients that have literally been coming to me for 19 years wow. is because there's only so much you can actually learn in a manual yep. or be trained on. Yep. There's certain things that you can only learn through experience from using the technology that the companies are not even aware of about their, their devices because if you're using it day in and day out, you know, eight, nine hours a day, you start to learn and pick up different things. And I think that's where, you know, I've had that ability and that experience where I can say, if you come to me, you're almost guaranteed that, you know, nothing's going to go wrong. And if something does, I know how to fix it or correct it or understand why. Where a lot of clinics on the market, the, you know, some of the therapists will even mm. send me their, their clients and go, well, go see Sia, she'll help you. Yeah. Mm. I think it's important uh, point to touch on is the safety because I think laser mm. hair removal has become so normalised, mm. like getting a haircut or getting your nails done. And I think that, you know, you know, Jake and I spend a lot of time talking to people about cosmetic injectables and we spend a lot of time mm. talking about risks, you know, the big ones like vascular occlusions, all the things that people are worried about, right? But you think about what can go wrong with a laser. Mm. I would say almost it is more dangerous to a certain extent in terms of, you know, how easy it is to make an error. Um, if you get your setting wrong, if you're not an- analysing the person's skin properly, you know, you could leave them with hypo, hyperpigmentation, scarring, you could stimulate hair. They're like lots of different things that can go wrong. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, the normalisation and the accessibility of these treatments sometimes, you know, lead consumers and even sometimes, you know, therapists that I've come into contact with to sort of not take this as seriously as they should. And that's when things can go wrong because, mm. you know, if, if Jake gets a, a Botox treatment wrong, someone's got a droopy eyelid for, th- for three months. If you burn someone, they can be scarred for life. You can be working for years and years to try and correct that mm. skin. And I guess that's sort of, you know, how this sort of dovetails really nicely into this conversation, uh, Tiana, and maybe you can sort of lead into this now is maybe let's just, you know, quickly gloss over how laser hair removal works and I guess the mechanism of action and then how, you know, for the people that are listening, how do we understand the differences between, you know, the traditional um, laser application treatments and the way they work? And then I guess leading into your technology, how that works and how, you know, mitigating a lot of these things that can go wrong and taking a lot of user error. Because the laser doesn't make mistakes. People make mistakes, right? You, you put the laser to a certain, um, you know, uh, jewel, you know, a wavelength, all, the, you know, all that sort of stuff, pulse duration, you set all that and it will do what you tell it to do. But if you get that wrong... That's when that's when things can go sideways really quickly. So, do you want to just sort of you know discuss that a little bit for us? Absolutely. So, laser hair removal works on the principle of selective photothermolysis, and what photothermolysis means is photo is your light, so that's your laser energy, and when it comes into contact with our target, which is the melanin in the hair shaft, it 
which is generated and transformed into heat energy. And this heat energy causes destruction of the stem cells that sit around that hair shaft. Um, because the soprano that Alma uses as well features three wavelengths, we've got a 755, an 810 and a 1064 nanometer, the 1064 nanometer portion of the laser can also penetrate down to the dermal papilla and is absorbed by the oxyhemoglobin. So that is what is also providing the hair follicle with its nourishing blood supply. So it has that dual mechanism of action of being able to destroy the stem cells around the hair follicle and cut off that nourishing blood supply to cause a reduction in hair growth. And that's a fantastic point that you made. People make mistakes, not the device. But the Soprano, we've really tried to put safety first and mitigate that risk. It is exceptionally smart. When you go onto your Soprano um, device, you select your body area, you select the patient's Fitzpatrick skin type, and then up pop your parameters. There's no calculations. You don't need to, you know, figure out your pulse width and your pulse duration, your fluence. It is incredibly smart. You just put in what you're seeing in front of you and all of your parameters are there ready to go. The other thing that the Soprano does really well in comparison to traditional hair removal is it uses a low fluence and a high repetition rate, whereas traditional hair removal uses a high fluence and a low repetition rate. So what that means, and we term it SHR, which stands for superior hair removal because the Soprano is superior, (laughs) and what that means is that we accumulate energy over a specified grid with that low fluence and our high repetition rate. So it's like almost a staircase. So you take those little steps to achieve your end goal rather than with traditional hair removal, jumping all the way up to the very first or the very top step. And what that means is it really eliminates and mitigates your risks associated with hair removal that you did touch on before. Right. So I'm going to try and put this in idiot terms for me and then hopefully, and and, and, and Jake, um, Um, So normally when you're doing laser hair removal, you're hitting the the skin with a single pulse of light, right? And that's trying to heat the skin up um, or the, sorry, it's selecting the the follicle and it's heating it up to a certain temperature to then damage it. And then the body goes, oh, that's damaged and and the hair sheds. That's basically how it works, right? So what you're saying with the Soprano is that rather than hitting it with one high joule Mm -hmm. and that high joule increases your risk of complications because to get the hair follicle hot enough, obviously it needs to travel through the skin and that can heat up. And that's when you get that damage to the epidermal layer of the skin where you can start getting complications. So what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is that rather than hitting it with one single wavelength, you're hitting it, sorry, with one single pulse, you're hitting it with three smaller pulses of lower energy. So you're still achieving the outcome in terms of getting the hair hot enough because hair is a good conductor of heat. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You're on the right track. Absolutely. All right. And so basically by achieving it over three three less powerful pulses as opposed to one powerful pulse, you still get the end result of getting the hair follicle hot enough, but you're circumventing the complications that you would incur to the epidermis. Is, is that correct? Exactly. And okay, it, and it might be three. <laughs> it works. Well, nice to me. <laughs> it, it might be three pulses or it might be five. Right. Or it could be two. Like it could be broken up into two pulses. But when you select your area and your Fitzpatrick skin type, yep. the device calculates how many individual pulses it will deliver. Oh, that's mad. How does it do that? Very, very smart. Is there smart. like a camera or is it a heat <laughs> temperature? She could tell you, but she'd have to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Secrets, yeah. yes. So Secret herbs and spices. Basically, if you're going to do an arm, for example, you select the arm. So there's a nice little image of a person, a yeah. figurine of a person in the middle. You select the arm and then you select their Fitzpatrick skin type, so one to six. And, right. yes, we can treat all the way up to a Fitzpatrick skin type six. And then it just does its magic. It calculates parameters and the next screen that will pop up will have your number of pulses, the energy you're going to deliver, the accumulative energy you you need to reach and the time it will take you to do so. Right. Going back to what we were saying about the energy mm-hmm. and the traditional lasers versus Soprano, can we just talk about pain? Because that, that's a big one. Uh, you know, David and I have had laser hair removal for our beards, et cetera. And- I've, um, I've cried many times. <laughs> I think you've done a few other parts, yeah. to be honest. And well, maybe we can this talk is, about is, that. This is a family show, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, what, what even put me off was I, I loved the, the, you know, less ingrowings in my sort of uh, beard area, but it bloody hurts. It, if you've never had laser hair removal, it, you know, I hear it described as a light elastic band snap. It's a bloody strong one and it's very focused and it's hot and it gets red and it's uncomfortable for, you know, yeah. the rest of the day, I would guess. So by uh, elastic band, you mean slingshot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it's like paintball but in like yeah. little little spikes all over your, you know, beard area. Yeah. And I can only imagine what happens when you get to the more intimate areas. Yeah. So, you know, that's my traditional sort of taken. I think you said that as well, Sia. So what were your patients describing prior to Soprano and what's the difference, I guess? So like Tiana was saying, um, a lot of male clients do really struggle with pain. Yeah. Yeah, you know, men might be strong, but physically. Yeah, we're you know, pussies. Like, we can say it. It's fine. Right. <laughs> their pain thresholds are not so good. Women will somehow put up with pain. I suppose it's something we've been exposed to from a young age. Yeah. yeah. You know, from the waxing. So, yeah, it did hurt, but I suppose the results outweighed the pain. So mm. you justified it. But with men, and I mean, gosh, for years, you know, I had them coming in with, you know, the MLA, the anesthetic cream, <laughs> you know, still crying and screaming and having to, you know, you know, laser and give them a break and rub the area. Uh, it's been really interesting because pain factor, I did a, I actually did a, a survey probably about three years into doing hair removal. And we're finding that, you know, most women were coming back, but men, you know, they're coming for one treatment and that was it. They were right. gone. Yeah. So, you know, ring them up and go, if I can just ask, you know, what's the reason? Obviously you want to make sure that it's not because of lack of service or. Yeah results and obviously it's it came down to a matter of of pain yeah Mm. so now it's been really fantastic because a lot of my male clients that do come in uh we've actually said to them don't worry about the anesthetic cream you don't need it and they're like no no no, i'm gonna need it and we're (laughs) like no you really don't need it promise you you know and again like tiana was saying is the way i describe it to a lot of clients is because you just try and get your head around how do you get through the pain Mm. um is you know, the traditional methods, it's like you're taking all the energy at once and you're just sending it out and bang, and that's where that pain comes from. It's like a really intense zap, and you've got to go through, you know, hundreds of those in a treatment. With the um, Soprano titanium, it's an in-motion, so you're moving. So it's it's taking them that exact same amount of energy that you require to, to damage and cause uh, the result but you're doing it over a period of time. So what it does is it slowly accumulates. You're getting little bursts of that energy and it's an accumulative energy. And that's why you don't have that pain because it's instead of me, you know, punching you, I might just be kind of flicking you a little bit. But in the end, if I flick you a lot more often, eventually it will feel like that. But because it's spread out over time, it's really comfortable. 
you don't have that massive accumulation of heat either, which also contributes right. to a lot of the pain. Yeah. Um, when you also send out a massive amount of heat um, in one go, you've got that risk of the heat or the energy spreading to the surrounding tissue. And obviously that's where the burning comes in. Yep. So it's just been incredible. It's just so funny to watch these guys come in, you know, shaking, <laughs> knowing that they don't have their, you know, their Emla cream on and doing it. And now they're all going, oh my God, now I can do my, now I can do, you know, other areas and now I can do this area. And oh, I don't need to tell my friends. And, and it's just pleasant. It literally, I said to them, Honestly, you're going to love me. It's like a hot stone massage. Wow. And they do. They come in there and I lie down on the bed and it's like they're getting a hot stone massage. No pain. Results are fantastic. And also it's foster. So instead of them lying on a bed for an hour in pain, they're lying there for maybe, you know, 20 minutes. Right. Having a hot stone massage. Right. Happy days. So it's just been really incredible. Um, so in terms of you're talking about um, spreading it around rather than focusing on the one area at a time, I guess that's sort of you uh, taking advantage of the sort of the concept of thermal relaxation. Is that, is that, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Do, do you want to explain what that is? I'll let, I'll let Tiana explain what it is. I just wanted to make sure I was conceptually putting all the right pieces together, but explain that if you want. I mean, there's a lot of technical people that listen to this, so let's go for it. So thermal relaxation is the time that it takes the tissue to lose approximately 50% of the heat Mm -hmm. when the energy delivery stops. So yeah, what Sia was saying about in motion is there's two fantastic modes on the soprano. You've got your in motion, which still uses that um, low energy fast repetition rate that sort of um, you're gradually accumulating the energy for more pleasant treatment but still the same results and that's called our in motion technology and we use that over large areas like the back the chest the legs for example it means that it's comfortable it's quick and you're not compromising on results The other method that we have as well is our stationary mode. And it's very similar to that in motion mode where you're moving, except it is stationary, but it's still that energy is still being broken up into smaller segments for a more comfortable treatment. And it definitely does take advantage of the TRT or the thermal relaxation time of the hair follicle and the tissue. Can we go back to the pain? Because my experience with the lasers was they're using a a Zimmer, which is like a blasting you with cold air and... You know, like you said, some people come with local anesthetic cream and it all becomes a bit of a drama. So what what else or how are you managing the pain? Is it just the technology or do you have a special cooling system as well? The Soprano actually has integrated cooling. So on the hand piece that you're applying to this tissue, that cools down to negative three degrees Celsius. Right. Uh, and then once you start lasing through it, it keeps the epidermis at about 25 degrees Celsius, so quite a comfortable temperature while the dermis is being heated up to your 50, 60 degrees Celsius to cause that destruction of the hair follicle essentially. Um, but no external devices needed, no topical anesthetic, um, nothing of that kind of nature, nothing additional other right. than what's in the soprano already. Right. Mm. Um, when you traditionally go for laser hair removal, they'll recommend, you know, six to 10 or six to 12 treatments. So, you know, every four to six weeks, depending on your hair growth cycle and your genetics and so on, it's a little bit of a case by case basis, but I guess that's probably the general, the general rule. Um, you know, see from a business perspective, you know, what differences have you seen in terms of number of treatments, uh, you know, things like mispatches, I'm assuming are a lot less frequent now because you're gliding over an area rather than, you know, sort of stamping. Um, and then in terms of like, yeah, 
time between treatments. So just trying to get a, a sort of a comparative between, you know, efficacy and number of treatments. And if you just want to maybe just tell us a little bit about from, from a business perspective, how you've sort of found it. So at the end of the day, the theory is still the same. You okay. still have to damage that follicle enough so it's too weak to spore hair growth. Mm-hmm. So your number of treatments aren't going to be any less. Right. Um, frequency obviously is the same because you're basing it on the growth cycle or the hair cycle. So that 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 all stays the same. Where I have noticed a significant improvement is for years I've gotten fantastic results for females in actual permanent reduction. Right. Men don't get as good a reduction in hair removal previously with the technology that I used to use. So I used to say to male clients, you can expect to do double the amount of treatments to get 50% reduction. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm putting it down to those high testosterone levels, which obviously just keep restrengthening that follicle as women don't have that issue. Do you mean like hairy Jewish guys like David and I? <laughs> <laughs> We're not that bad. Not too bad. I've seen, okay. I've seen worse. I, I clip mine, so no, you know, yeah, not, it, get, it gets seen, worse. Look, I've been in the industry a, lot of, a long time. I've seen a lot worse. <laughs> okay, um, good. So, yeah, so for men, it hasn't actually been that effective in the reduction side. So it treats, they get the results. So generally what we, over the years, what I started recommending was that most male clients would come in maybe three treatments prior to summer so that they could literally just get three in so that for six weeks of summer, they can be hair free and look good. Um, But again, you know, I've tried and tested it. I've tried different ways of using the technology as well. And just really start, struggled to get male clients a better reduction. Yeah. Um, the same as females. Yeah. Whereas with the Alma, I'm finding that the reduction is better. Hmm. And that could possibly be originally, obviously, your the lasers on the market currently, you're using one wavelength. Yep. Right. Whereas with the soprano, you've got three wavelengths. So you're reaching every level that you need to to create better damage long-term. And I think it's a combination of that and also the fact that they do come back for their treatments (laughs) now. So obviously it's going to work, but the number of treatments is pretty much the same. Spacing in between treatments is the same, but the comfort level and the efficacy and the results are definitely better. Mm -hmm. And can I just ask about the frequency? You said it's the same. Is that four or five weeks between each session roughly? Because of the hair cycle? Correct. Anywhere between four to six. Okay. And also you mentioned permanent hair reduction. I know that's the term we yeah. use for the end result, but what does that actually mean in practice? Like how, you know, you might have your 10 and then you're good for a while, but how often are you doing it after that? So generally I recommend to clients to, once we've done the course of treatments, what we'll actually start doing is extending the treatment time. So let's say you're on your, you've done your 10th treatment what we'll even do is even between the ninth and 10th treatment, we might push them out to seven weeks just to see what's growing back. Mm-hmm. Nothing grows back. Then obviously we push it out eight weeks. And then we say to them, come in when you see hair. So again, because I have clients that have literally been coming to me for 18 years and it's generally due to hormonal hair that just literally is a nightmare yeah. to deal with. You know, they might be coming in for, you know, five hairs on their legs, three hairs under their arms, just for ma- what we call maintenance treatments yeah. as well. But you'll never be completely hair-free because you can only treat active hair follicles. And obviously with time, inactive hair follicles become active. And it's quite funny because we get so spoiled now and we get so used to not having one hair, you know, <laughs> that I'll have female clients that, you know, might leave it a year or they had a baby and suddenly they'll come running back and, oh my God, I'm hairy. It's all come back. And they've got four hairs under their arms. Yeah. I'm like, that's not hairy. I can count the hairs under your arms. Yeah. But we're so used to not having one hair that obviously if you've got four hairs, you know, it's an issue. Mm. You know, it's just, yeah, you just get down to a level where it's just maintenance. 
from a from a business perspective, and I'm I'm not sure how many therapists you've got working for you. Um, obviously, people get used to a certain type of technology, and then you're introducing something new. So, mm. from a from a business owner's perspective, how have you managed that process? Because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, going, "That sounds great," but you know, the whole concept of changing technology, retraining staff you know, getting them to adopt new habits. How have you done that? And I guess, what have you seen from, from a benefit, like that's benefited your business in terms of, I guess, things like safety, less complications, being able to treat a, a wider variety of clients and not have to worry about some of the traditional contraindications. Are you able to sort of speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So again, it was, it, I knew it was going to be a challenge switching over because, you know, we're so sold on the technology currently in the market. Uh, I think from a therapist's perspective, my staff have been with me, you know, eight years, 11 wow, years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, they they know that if I'm bringing on something, it's got to be better than what I've got. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? So, you know, I think with the therapist, I said to him, the fact that we remove all that manual morning, you know, setting up of consumer, all the consumables that you require for the technology, that's eliminated as well, not having to wait for the machine to warm up. That's another bonus. So it's made their lives a lot easier and also saying to them that you're not going to be sitting there for an hour or two hours having to focus and make sure you're not missing spots. So the actual manual task for the therapist is going to be improved. You know, you're not going to be stuck in that room now with the therapist, uh, with the client for one to two hours. And you're not going to have to deal with trying to also assist that client with the pain levels that they're going through as well. So the therapists were absolutely thrilled and excited that they were going to be using something that for them was going to be easier to use, uh, less manual setup time. You know, if a client, you know, you're in your lunch break and suddenly wants to come in, you don't have to turn on the machine and wait for the machine to warm up. So there were a lot of added benefits with that. From a client's perspective, it was finding a way, again, because my clients have been so loyal to me for so many years, again, they probably trust me as well. So it was having them come in, explain the technology, saying to them that obviously this is something that's going to be faster, more comfortable, more effective, uh, that now you can come to me with your fake tan on that I used to complain to you about and say, yeah. go back and come back to me in two weeks. You can come you know, you can have a tan, you don't have to stop your treatments during summer. Also, the the no-risk burn factor is huge, absolutely huge. So that, having the confidence knowing that it is very unlikely that a therapist is going to accidentally burn a client and being able to reassure the client that it's going to be um, safer for them. Mm. So what's quite interesting is a lot of my female clients now, you know, with their younger, with the teenage girls is that whole thing of your poor child going through pain, which no mother wants to see their kid go through pain, but also that concern that, you know, their kids are at school, they're sitting out during break time with their legs in the sun or can they manage it? And that safety side that the the soprano offers and the comfort of it, a lot of people are now starting their teenagers on it in a much more pleasant way than what obviously they as mothers had to go through. Right. Mm. So- I mean, this sounds might be a weird question, but is, is there an age threshold where you'd be uncomfortable treating a you know a young girl, or no. is it just when they decide, "Hey, mum, I don't like these hairs"? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do have a lot of mothers saying to me, "Oh, you know, when what's the earliest my child can start hair removal?" And I say, "When they come to you yeah. with the problem, don't create a problem if there isn't one." Uh, but yeah, now you can bring them in, and it's funny because they they do it. They're obviously quite anxious, but I say to the mom, "Come in." Let your daughter watch you have it done 
and then they can do it. So that also helps wean them into it as well. And then they'll end up, you know, giggling and laughing and, <laughs> you know, you just offer them, you give them a little lollipop afterwards and said, you did so well. And, you know, next minute their friends are coming in and their cousins and, you know, <laughs> and mom's happy because their daughter's not lying there in pain. You yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> Tiana, can we come back to um, Fitzpatrick and skin types? Because, uh, you know, a common question that, you know, we always get is, can we treat darker skins? And you've already said that you can, but maybe you can just sort of reference the background to why it was traditionally a problem uh, and, you know, some of the side effects that, you know, could have happened and then maybe what you can do with Soprano with darker skins. Absolutely. So traditionally laser hair removal has been off limits for your darker Fitzpatrick skin types. And that's because of the wavelengths that were commonly used for these treatments. So for example, really common for standard laser hair removal to use something like a 755 nanometer laser. Mm -hmm. And this does preclude, you know, your Fitzpatrick skin type fives and six because 755 has such a high absorption in melanin. Mm. So if you were to put that on our darkest Fitzpatrick skin type, you do run the risk of epigenetic dermal necrosis, so burns, blisters, scarring, hypo and hyperpigmentation. However, because the Soprano combines three wavelengths, you've got the 755, the 810 and the 1064, it makes it safe for all Fitzpatrick skin types, as well as the strong contact cooling and that gradual increase of energy and that makes it or that increases the safety profile, I should say, for those darker Fitzpatrick skin types. And we have actually such a large install base of the Soprano in South Africa where their main clientele are fives and sixes and they get fantastic results with, you know, next to no adverse reactions. Wow. That's great. And, and the machine itself will automatically choose which wavelength. So it's just taken all the guesswork out. Or, no, okay, you have to select the wavelength. Right, okay. You actually get all three wavelengths at once. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So, and I know that's a little bit confusing because traditionally lasers are a single wavelength and IPLs are a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so we say three wavelengths and everybody goes, oh, that must be an IPL. Yeah. But no, it's still a laser. Um, to be a little bit more technical, it's a diode laser and each diode in the handpiece only emits a single wavelength and there are multiple diodes. So you get about one third of 755, one third of 810 and one third of 1064. So you get all three wavelengths simultaneously. Wow. Mm. And coming on to hair types or hair colour, you mentioned, you know, white hair, blonde hair and maybe strawberry blonde hair, red hair wasn't traditionally a good target. How do these three mixed wavelengths then target those hair types? So the only hair colour that we can't treat, and this is across the board of any laser hair removal device, is grey or white hair because there's absolutely no melanin in that hair shaft for or to be targeted. With the Soprano, because it is that combination, because you are targeting three different depths, including the dermal papilla, um, it does allow and facilitate for the reduction of blonde and red hair, which is traditionally something that couldn't be done. You know, we see a lot of quite tanned clients with blonde hair and they get wonderful results and they drive. You know, we've got some people who drive an hour, an hour and a half to come and see us because they get turned away at other clinics. Yeah, They get told they're too tan, their hair's too fair, we can't treat you. But you know, because they've had Sopranos before, they say to them, but I know I can be treated like I've been treated with a device that can do this before. So they always end up, you know, 
driving, making the distance to come and actually have a soprano treatment. So we're too far gone for our beards, mate. We've both gone (laughs) severely grey over the last two years and the stress of COVID. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) We should have got our beards done fully before we went grey and white. So, yeah, sad. What about things like medications? Because I know things like antibiotics, um, people things uh, on medications such as Rakitan for like acne and so on. So is there any sort of difference in sort of having to avoid those, those sort of medications as well? No, unfortunately. Anything that's photosensitizing still has to be um, considered and avoided. However, all of the interactions, contraindications are covered in clinical training. So all of the clinics that I train and all of the therapists I train are very aware of those contraindications so that no adverse reactions occur. Right. What about pregnancy breastfeeding? That always comes yeah. up. Um, you know, a lot of our patients, even for injectables, we have to have periods where we just can't treat them. So wh- how, how do you feel about that? With pregnant and breastfeeding women, it is more of a medico-legal contraindication yeah. rather than a safety concern. And also during pregnancy and breastfeeding, your hair growth cycle isn't standard. So, Mm. you know, pregnant women, for example, people will always say, oh, your hair is so long and so thick. So they've got that pregnancy hair, which means that their hair is in the growth cycle or the anagen phase for a prolonged period of time. And then that is kind of flipped postpartum during breastfeeding. And, you know, a lot of women suffer with that postpartum hair loss. And that's because their hair is in the shedding phase for longer. So just because of the hormones aren't balanced, their hair cycle isn't regulated, they probably won't get the best results. Sia, what was your sort of, you know, process of looking at this, making your own decisions that this was a good change for your business? Because you've been around for a long time. I'm sure you've seen, you know, device companies promising all manner of, you know, I mean, I've been around not you know, almost as long as you're probably in this industry or maybe around the same amount of time. And I've seen so many companies come and go that promise this, you know, skin tightening, all these miracle outcomes. And it's always been a little bit hit and miss. That's that's sort of just my personal view as someone that's been around for a little bit. But how did you go through that process of satisfying yourself from a business owner's perspective and someone that's obviously technically knowledgeable as well to satisfy, um, th- satisfy yourself that this is a good business decision for you? So as I previously mentioned, obviously it's it's constantly those hurdles. Yeah. Mm. Um, the cost of the consumables, the length of time, the pain factor. Uh, so when I did some, obviously, research and going, there's got to be something better. Also looking internationally, because I think that we were so sold on the current technology that no one looked at anything else. You know, if they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah. I go, well, what if you can do it better? So trying to, looking overseas and going, well, how do, in South America, how do they do hair removal because they're on the beach. I think more than we are and they're on the beach wearing less than nothing, (laughs) right? So going, well, there's got to be a way because they're being treated. So started, as I said, it took me about six years to research it, obviously waiting for the industry to finish this massive boom that it had, um, getting settled in. You know, I always like to be ahead of the game and have the next best thing. So thinking and researching, also speaking to other business owners internationally, and going, well, you know, what are the results like? How's this technology? How do you feel it works? How long have you had it? You know, people just assume it's not a new technology. This has been around as well, the same length of time. It's a multinational, um, international company. And I suppose I had a client, a a Brazilian 
lovely lady that came in one day and she came in for hair removal and I did the first, you know, pulse on her and she nearly went through the ceiling and she went, what is this? <laughs> she goes, where I come from, this is not something I experienced. I said, no pain. And, you know, obviously she was 10, we had to wait two weeks and eventually I went, mm, okay. And, you know, she said, well, I'm going to wait till I go back home to get it done. So I suppose the confidence in speaking to business owners internationally, you know, uh, researching it, looking at the actual financial benefits down the track of all the consumables yep. that used to have. I mean, obviously, you know, 20 years ago, we were using Cryogen. Yeah, I remember those. And you had to wait for them to heat up sometimes. Oh You'd be God. running them under warm and water. And cryo burns. Yeah. And it yeah. actually was more painful and, yeah. you know, it's not great for the environment. And then you had the Zimmer blower and then you had all the distance gauges and the slider lenses and the windows. There's nothing with yeah. the Sopranos. Okay. So from it's it's just user-friendly it's safe, it's, it is effective, it works because there wouldn't be international companies that have been using it for many years where I've spoken to business owners and they, they're getting results. And then obviously um, I contacted Elma. I contacted Elma actually six years ago. Oh, wow. They were not in Australia. Mm. Um, and I said, well, I need to speak to somebody. And they said, oh, well, it's actually they've got a representative coming out. Mm -hmm. I said, well, let's have a meeting. And we sat down then and had a meeting and I said, sounds fantastic. I just need to do my research. It's also probably not the best time just to make a change just yet. I need to wait for the industry to be ready for that. And then, yeah, waited to take on my new little weapon <laughs> against hair removal. And, yeah, um, there's no way I'm looking back. Yeah. Not a chance. Um, Tiana, for clinic owners or therapists or whoever listening, how does that process work? So if someone says, yeah, I'm interested in this device, but I don't want to commit just yet, is there a trial? Can you loan the machine for a period to see if they like it? How, how does it work? Absolutely. So we're relatively flexible. Um, if you're interested and you want to trial the technology, we're more than happy to do that. We're more than happy to have business owners in our space. We have a lovely facility here in Sydney um, where all of our devices so they can come have a play, bring some clients in. Or alternatively, if they'd like to try it on their own clients to get their feedbacks in their clinics, then we can send learners out for a trial period. And, you know, with that as well, you're, you're guided by the clinical department. You're not just, a device isn't just plonked in your clinic and you, you use it. There is some clinical training that comes with that trial period as well. Right. So I wanted to... Um ask you about the money side of things a little bit more. So from a, I guess, a return on investment, I guess, you know, business owners that are listening to this, maybe doing some sums in their head saying, you know, that all sounds great, but how much extra, you know, how much are we talking? Is it, you know, do you get a, uh, an ink, like obviously you don't have all the consumables like your distance, distance gauges, you don't have to invest in Zimmers and so on and so forth. So, you know, what has been the financial sort of benefit to you from a business owner's perspective by changing over to this technology? I'm not asking for like exact dollar figures. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying generally speaking. Yeah. I would say as far as the cost of the machine goes, they're pretty much on par. Right. Uh, yes, if you remove your consumable costs that you have. Uh, the other thing is obviously, you know, therapists can be a little bit lazy sometimes with no, the machines. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> not my therapist. No. <laughs> therapist out there. Yeah. No. You know, obviously if you break a fibre optic cord. Oh, yeah. 10,000 bucks, you whatever. Right. Or you <laughs> correct. Or you drop a handpiece. Yeah. You know, you've got that. Your flash lamps need to be replaced. Your, you know, all that. that and, and your maintenance contracts that you're paying yearly. With the Soprano, you've got none of that. Uh, you know, it's pretty flexible. Unless the therapist literally dropped it on the ground. I think even then it might be quite sturdy. So you save on a lot of those expenses, but then also because your treatments are done in a fraction of the time, 
And it's interesting. It's not actually the small areas that take quicker. They probably That probably takes the same amount of time. It's your larger areas. Mm. So instead of, you know, having to book out a client for a full hour, yep. you not, might have them in a room for 20 minutes. So you can now take more bookings. Right. So in, in, so in other so, words, in, in, improves your efficiency. Correct. So instead of having to have extra therapists to accommodate for the clients, you can now take that same therapist and book two, three times the amount of clients in her day. And she is not overworked. She's going to work just the same amount of hours. She's actually doing it easier because she doesn't, she's not doing these long lengthy treatments, which yeah. can be quite mentally yeah. um, difficult. And as tough well. on the body too. Very you know, tough like, on the you body. Know, I've got lots of therapists. Mm. Sorry, Jay. Mm. We've got lots of therapists that work for me. And, you know, you, you know, every so often you've got someone that gets a pain somewhere. Mm. You've got to worry yeah. about foot pedals, you know, going in and ensuring that people are using the right technique. They've got the bed at the right height. So there's all these sort of yes. um, work health and safety issues that can come with these long, pro you know, especially doing a full body on like a large guy, for example. Traditionally, you could be there for like an hour and a half. Yeah. So that's great. So, you know, your treatment time is cut down and with that comes a lot right. of other fringe benefits. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. I'm guessing happier patients because they're not screaming and more men. And, and more body areas because you know, it's so comfortable and, you know, it just becomes a seamless sort of quite nice process, I guess. Yeah. Because people get their end goals quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tiana, coming back to you, um, what does the device actually look like and, and how many hand pieces are there? And you mentioned there's not many consumables. So, what you know, what do you get? Yep. So, with the device, it is a nice, sleek black looking device. It's quite small as well. So I think the space element as a clinic is really important. So it doesn't take up a lot of space. It can sit nicely in the corner if you need that room. With the device, you get two hand pieces. So one is a two centimeter square hand piece and it's ideal for small areas like the face, for example. And then you get a larger hand piece, which is four centimeters squared. And that's ideal for large areas, legs um, and arms. Also, you do get a facial tip for those really tiny intricate areas like the nose, the ears, the knuckles. And that facial tip is six millimeters in diameter. So quite small, as you can imagine. As for consumables, there are no consumables with the device. Even the hand pieces are not consumables. Right. So there is nothing, there are no ongoing costs, yeah. nothing that you need to continue to purchase from Alma. Once you have the device, you're really ready to go and keep going. Mm, topical yeah. question. If there's no consumables, how do you keep it all clean and COVID safe and all the rest of it? Uh, you can clean it with 70% alcohol or right. Viraclean, just standard. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And I know from a business owner's perspective and, and see you can probably um, agree with me, that's always been, you know, the sort of caveat around buying a new device is, okay, it's this much money, but uh, how many pulses do I get before I need to replace this mm -hmm. or get a new chip or need to replace? And that's where a lot of these device companies would get you or make their money. It was not the initial upfront acquisition of the device. It was all the flow-on effects and cost of consumables. So that that's absolutely amazing. In terms of size, I mean, I guess that um, maybe give it some comparison. So what would be the most commonly used a laser in the industry? Probably a, a gentle laser is probably the most well-known in the industry. Um, so what are we talking about in terms of sort of size and dimensions? And another thing as well is the heat that a lot of these lasers put out. So I'm not sure whether you've been able to get that down yet, but it sometimes is an issue when you're designing a clinic around air conditioning and ventilation because these machines can heat up and create quite a lot of warmth in the rooms. Absolutely. So to compare it to the competitive device, yep. similar height, yep. but I would say probably about half the width. Right. So yeah, you would agree with me, Sia. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite it, it, small. It's, yeah. It's 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 long and tall. Right. And it's skinny. Yeah. 
And with regards to the heat, if I tell you the nightmare with the competitor yeah. laser, those rooms would heat up. So I would have to have additional air conditioning in mm. every room because the amount of heat that would come out of that machine. I had a therapist once even defrost her lunch at the back of it <laughs> one time. Um, yeah, with the Soprano, it, it still obviously generates heat, but I would say a quarter the amount of heat. Yeah. So if you are in a, in a premises where you, you're struggling to get additional air conditioning in, just the general air conditioning that comes through the actual building is actually suffice and the oh, therapist wow. is not landing up and the client's not lying there working up a sweat. Yeah. Also through the pain level, that also helps because they work up a sweat from that as well. So that's eliminated. So the other really fantastic thing about the device is it's tall, long and skinny. It's on wheels, so it's really easy to move around. But it has this awesome touchscreen, um, almost like an iPad. So it's completely touchscreen and digital. 18 years ago when I was doing laser, I mean, when I first started with the traditional ones, they weren't even digital. Yeah. And they were, this, they were probably three times the size. They were enormous. Yeah. Um, and this is so quick and easy to use where you literally just – you know, you touch the Fitzpatrick, you touch the area, it auto-calculates, it does it all for you and off you go. Um, super, super, super easy. So space-wise, I've got really large rooms because I just like to have space. But, yeah, definitely half the size of a Candela. Yeah, so that's a big advantage. You know, I obviously don't use the lasers myself, but I've worked with you, yeah. David. You've got multi-laser rooms. Yep. And you kind of have to have that just for laser because the machine's so massive and hot yep. that it can't be a multifunctional oh, room. I've had situations in the past. I remember some of my clinics are down in Canberra and you get some stinking hot days down there. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, you know, you've got rooms open, you're fanning out rooms between treatments, trying to get the yeah. temperature down. <laughs> you've got therapists like just drenched in sweat because these lasers just put out so much air. And it's actually really expensive to start putting in supplementary air conditioning mm, yeah. into a build. Because if you say going into like a Westfield or like a shopping, a shopping center where you've got that base building air conditioning, if you're starting to have to put in like Mm. supplementary stuff, that can really sort yeah. of start increasing your cost of, of yeah. a clinic build. Mm -hmm. Also, obviously, you don't have the Zimmer sitting yep. next to the Candela, do you? Yeah. So it's lit. It's like suddenly you've got all the space. And yeah. Like, well, it's also good because it's tall and, and skinny. Mm. So you're not, you know, in terms of your footprint in your room, when you might have some clinics listening that have got like small, small rooms. Mm. So it's not so much the height that's an issue. It's just the, the, width. the, the yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the sort of footprint that it, that it sort of creates on the ground. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Mm. Um, we always ask the tough questions. So what about adverse events? Obviously no technology you know, is risk-free and there's still risks even with this. So what, what things have you noticed since it was launched and, you know, anything serious? Luckily for the Soprano, if you hop onto the FDA website, you'll actually see that out of all of the laser hair removal devices on the market, it has the smallest amount of adverse events recorded. And unfortunately for the clinics, all of those have been because they've either dropped the machine which is almost impossible to do because it is quite heavy. I'm not mm. sure how that's happened yeah. or they've dropped a handpiece. Right. So every single adverse event that has been recorded has been due to one of those two things. Mm, right. Obviously, with any energy-based device, there are always risks involved with that and there are ways to mitigate that, that a lot of clinics like Sears already have in place, but for clinics that are just starting out, those are areas that Alma can help with. You know, we provide consultation help, um, consent, medical history forms, all of that to help try and mitigate potential AEs. Yeah. I guess there's one 
area that I can see a bit of risk and, and maybe you can sort of talk about how you train people, but they select the Fitzpatrick before they put the device on. So of course, if you're Fitzpatrick one or six, it's, it's pretty obvious, but when you've got those sort of olive skins or people who can tan easily, but don't necessarily look it, do you ever get problems with people sort of selecting the wrong Fitzpatrick to start with? Personally, I've never had one of those incidences while I've been working at Alma, but it is a possibility. Mm. I think the good thing about the Soprano is that if you accidentally miscalculate like by one Fitzpatrick level, because it does gradually accumulate that energy, your client will be fine. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Can I just say, if the therapist cannot <laughs> work out the Fitzpatrick, she's in the wrong industry. Or he, industry, or he, or he, yeah. or he <laughs> yeah. in the wrong industry. And yes, as Tiana was saying, you know, I do say to my therapist, I mean, obviously we've had a lot of experience, so it's not that difficult. But when in doubt, if you're really unsure if it's a Fitzpatrick two or three, just go with the three. Yeah, go, yeah. go one up. Yeah. Just, you're not going to damage you know, it's somebody. Not, it's not going to lower the efficacy because if Fitzpatrick 3 is still doing it and if yeah. Fitzpatrick 4, and they're still getting results. Yeah. So when in doubt, you know, just just lower it. But, yes, I'm I'm hoping that yeah. clinics hire and staff I'm, that can <clears throat> I guess large an, skin types. I guess another great point is, you know, the fact that you've got this multimodality machine or unit within, within one single system. You know, traditionally a lot of clinics will have, you know, a, a gentle lays or, you know, an Alexandrite 755 nanometer in one room. Then they've got like a YAG. So a 1064 over here. And then like you always, you know, inadvertently run into scheduling issues where someone's booked someone into the wrong room and you're mm. back to back and then you start getting abused by clients because you've screwed up their day and therapists are getting frazzled. I've had situations where a therapist took a client into one room, thought that they were on a YAG. They were actually on a, a, an Alexandra at 755 Ooh. and it's like, how did you, how did this happen? <laughs> so, I mean, from, I guess, well, question to for both of you. I mean, in terms of um, efficiency of, of room space and utilization of human resources, has it made a big, big difference to you? And I guess as well, just eliminates that error of maybe taking someone into the wrong room, which I didn't think would happen until it did. So, well, and add to that, and, yeah. and having worked, you know, at your clinics, there's the other side to that coin of patients coming thinking they're ready and then they're told they can't have it because they're tanned yeah. mm. or they're wearing their fake tan or, or I'm know, not wearing take tan oh, I can see it coming off your hand no it's not no 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 so less cancellations basically and yeah. more utilisation of yeah. that one room I mean again that space you know yeah. with the soprano it's sleek and sexy um, you know if you're having to have a, a Yag and an Alex in your room and a Zimmer well, yeah. that's, that's the majority of your room gone yep. isn't it mm. yeah um, you know, separating the machines, yeah, then, you, then you're left with, well, we can't book that client in, so if you don't fill the other spot or – and then that client's running late and that client wants to push that client behind and it just becomes, yeah. Yeah, you just have frazzled. Everyone gets a bit frazzled yeah. as well. Um, other question for Tiana about servicing. Like what, how often, how frequent, how expensive? So as you've probably heard Sia mention a couple of times when she went to look – at Alma. We actually weren't here six years ago. So Alma's come direct to office here in Australia in the last three years. And that is so that we can provide a full comprehensive service, including service, marketing, clinical, as well as sales to our Australian New Zealand clients. So your first yearly preventative maintenance is included in the purchase price. Mm -hmm. um, after that, service is an additional cost. 
And I've heard horror stories where people have tried to get machinery serviced and these device companies are wanting to charge $50,000, $60,000. Wow. Yeah, I, we hear it a lot, unfortunately, and I guarantee you Alma is not like that. Um, we really have a philosophy where we want happy clients. So we want our customers to be happy because if they're not happy, then that's not a good representation of our brand. So our servicing and any additional costs like um, service marketing's not an additional cost, but training, if, you know, you want additional training to what is provided, it's all very reasonable. Yeah, that's perfect. And that actually brings me very timely onto a couple of patient, um, sorry, listener questions. Um, for the listeners who don't know, we've now got a WhatsApp group. Yeah. So if you're interested, just go to our um, uh, bio link on Instagram and you can get our, get to our WhatsApp link group there. So this is Zainab, she's from the UK, and she said she's got an older Soprano model and she still loves it. But she was wondering, like, how and why are the technologies changing so so rapidly? Like, what, what's happening behind the scenes? Like, and your R&D, is there more coming? Are you going to eventually be able to do grey hairs or, you know, that sort of question? That's the golden question. I think if we could do grey hairs, then uh, the Soprano would definitely take over the market. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really, the core technology is still relatively the same. So I'm assuming that the Soprano that this um, listener has it has the three wavelengths, it has the intense contact cooling, probably the only difference is that handpiece size. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So the efficiency is getting better and so on. Exactly. It The Soprano Titanium really halves your treatment time in half. Yeah, okay. She actually had a follow-on question. Can you... Um Treat, can you do laser hair removal on facial areas with existing hyperpigmentation? That's for Sierra or yourself. <laughs> yes, you do have to be cautious though. Like I would be questioning what caused that hyperpigmentation in the client. Yeah. Um, is it from an energy-based device? Is it from uh, medication? And I'd probably first be working to try and resurrect or resolve that hyperpigmentation first yeah. and foremost. Good answer. Yeah, I think if anyone was concerned with any type of facial, and she might be saying that the, the client might have melasma, yeah. can yeah. you treat over that? Uh, I personally wouldn't recommend, you know, anything when you're dealing with a heat-based device, when you're dealing with pigmentation. I would get that client probably four weeks. If there are fits one to two, I'd have them two-week prepping with the tyrosinase inhibitor. Mm -hmm. And during the course of their treatments, if they were fits three to six, I'd probably prep them four weeks before. Yep. test patch them, see if any post-inflammatory pigmentation comes up and then just keep them on that tyrosinase mm. during the course of their treatments. I remember a great quote from Davin Lim when we had him talking about melasma and things and he said, you've got to whisper to the melanocytes. They don't <laughs> like being shouted at with lasers. So maybe there's a role for that sort of gradual energy sort of you know, um, application rather than those big hits like the old laser hair removals. Well, the Soprano does offer that, yeah, which exactly. is what's fantastic because you just don't feel heat. Yes. You really don't feel the heat. So if you've got them, you've prepped them on a tyrosinase inhibitor and then you use the Soprano, I, I haven't had any yeah. issues with pigmentation um, rebounding from the treatments at all. Yeah. I have a confession to make. I sent in my partner to have a treatment at your clinic. Does she see me? No, I don't think so. I don't think, I think she saw one of your girls, but she was looking for, because she wears um, fake tan, I guess, yeah, as okay. most women do in, in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I just was, because she used to come to my clinics for treatment and and um, she just wanted to try something different. I said, oh, I've got this podcast coming well, up. She maybe loves me more than you now. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there, you, there you go. Got competition. There now. you go. I've got a, another listener question here. So this is Dr. Anjana Barna. Um, 
Can you ask about prevention and treatment of paradoxical hypertrichosis? Bit technical. Mm, yeah. So I'll give that to Sia if you want. Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah. Uh, look, that was something that I stumbled across in the early days. First of all, what is it, just for the people who don't know? So it's an excessive hair growth that starts to um, accumulate from having laser treatments. Right. Um, the theory back then, and I even remember approaching a doctor at a, at a conference on the original technology I was using, probably, gosh, I reckon 17 years ago, because we started having clients getting more facial hair from having treatments. Um, tr you know, obviously company going, oh, that, that can never happen. And I was like, okay. well, it's happening. It's happening. I'm seeing it. Uh, and, and then again, that lack of support from the actual company or the explanations as to why. With time, we've started to find that obviously you are still sending in wavelengths that are heat-based and that can have a kind of stimulating effect. So it might be an area where a guy comes in, you know, and he's got few hairs on his shoulders, you laser his shoulder, now suddenly he's, a, you know, a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> um, which they're now saying that, is it possible that the wavelengths can actually trigger inactive hair follicles and stimulate hair growth? Um, I think just from my experience, and I suppose that's where I've got that ability to understand and I've tried and tested wavelengths and how to use them. Um, if you understand that, you can be a little bit more uh, cautious in how you treat. Uh, but it's it's not very common. It may probably only happen to about 10% of people. Sadly, the 10% that it happens to are not going to be happy about it. Um, but it is something that can actually occur. So again, as long as you always, in your consultations, explain to the, the customer the risks that can happen um, sadly, once that hair is triggered, it is very difficult yep. to, to treat, but it doesn't mean that the treatments are not going to be effective in that. They just might be hairy, but they'll have to continue with treatments to at least reduce it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if I can just add to yeah. what Sarah is saying as well, we sometimes do see that stimulation of dormant hair follicles when either people treat where there was no hair. So mm. it's really important to only treat where they actually have hair growth. You know, if you have a lady come into you and say, I want my whole face done, chances are they probably don't grow terminal hair, so the dark, thick hair, all over their face. So firstly, it's really important to only treat areas where there actually is terminal hair growth. And secondly, by using fluences that or energies that are too low or not accumulating enough energy, that can result in that paradoxical effect as well. Right. We've got another question here from Dr. Ajana Barna. Same that, person. Same one. Um, when, when is the clinical endpoint and then if you've reached that, is electrolysis potentially your only option, I guess, for hairs that – because hairs can become lighter over time too with treatment, right? So something that starts off as a dark hair can slowly get thinner and lighter over time. Mm -hmm. So you might reach a clinical endpoint where you go, you know, this is not going to work. You know, how do you determine that? And then what is the next step? Is electrolysis the solution? Yep. So with the Soprano, clinical endpoint does vary based on the client. But it also is a little bit different compared to traditional laser hair removal. So we see less um, perifollicular oedema, so less um, swelling of the hair follicles, as well as less erythema, so redness. Um, you know, traditional hair removal, you feel quite bumpy, you feel quite red when you walk out, almost like razor burn, yep. sort of, that feeling. So with the Soprano, that is minimised, so you don't get that traditional clinical endpoint. With the Soprano, we know we've hit our 
clinical endpoint when we've either delivered the um, recommended accumulative energy or done enough passes in our stationary mode, which also has that accumulative energy effect. Yeah, I think also, and I would would assume she's referring to facial hair, the only reason I would recommend electrolysis is for grey hairs. That's it. Uh, The soprano comes with a facial tip, which is highly focused, concentrated, which would help you reach clinical endpoint. There wouldn't be an issue. You wouldn't need electrolysis for that. Right. Perfect. Uh, One last question. Does lasering or laser hair removal trigger acne in any circumstances? I'm guessing for the face we're talking again. Mm. I'm guessing face as well. I say no. Um, It could have to do with the products that are being applied pre and post. Mm. That could be... um, Or shaving. Exactly, shaving as well. So that could be what people are associating with laser hair removal. Um. But no, I, yeah. the actual laser itself should not be causing yeah. I would have to say in acne. the 18 years of doing this, I've never seen the lasers trigger the actual acne itself. Mm. Yeah. What tends to happen is it's kind of correlation doesn't equal causation where they've now been lasering for five years but they've now moved into their a stage in their life where they were going to get acne, yeah. you know, and assume it's from the laser. But I've never actually lasered somebody and then caused it. Caused, you mm. know, two weeks later saying I'm getting breakouts. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's it's very very unlikely. Mm. Perfect. And just to shout out someone called Anya. Thanks for the question. I think we've already addressed it. Can we treat darker skin tones? I think we've yeah. done that quite well. Um, I guess one final question. Um, I don't know. You guys have got things to do today. Um, from a business owner's perspective, when you ever invest in a piece of technology, I'm thinking to myself, when's this going to be superseded? I've just bought something. It's cost me truckload of cash. Um, maybe I want to upgrade it later. What does Alma do for those customers that have purchased your equipment? And then, you know, just like someone wrote in who's got one of your older older pieces of equipment or older um, units, what do you do to keep them up to the latest or if they want to upgrade their technology? We actually have a trade-in program. Oh, great. So okay. you can trade in your old Sopranos. We actually have, for some clients as well, traded in some non-ALMA-based technology. Ooh, so they've okay. traded in other devices for, um, yeah, basically a discount on the Sopranos. So we do offer a trade-in for those clients and we really look after our clients. You know, we bend over backwards for them. So if something gets released, the Soprano was released in 2019, the, the Soprano Titanium, I should say, the latest model. Mm-hmm. So it is still very new. Um, but if and when a new Soprano gets released, there definitely are trade-in programs for people. And that trade-in program, when you trade in an old device, it allows a clinic who might not have as much free capital to purchase a really good quality piece of equipment. And, you know, we have some Sopranos. We actually just recently had some older models traded in for the Soprano Titanium, uh, two of them. They've been in use for about five years and they have been back to back to back and they are still perfect quality. Fantastic. Well, that's been really insightful. Um, For the listeners listening, we did do kind of a short bit on laser hair removal in episode five. It was a long, 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 long time ago. So it's nice to get sort of the update and the new technology. Um, We'll put all of uh, your personal details, Sia, and Alma's obviously at the bottom of the podcast description. I guess thank you to Alma Lasers for, you know, partnering with us with this podcast. It always, you know, helps us provide new content and better content. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the laser removal market is extremely competitive. So anything you can do to get an advantage to increase safety, allow you to treat patients you traditionally couldn't treat, become more efficient, 
it seems like a no-brainer, especially as the landscape continues to get more and more competitive. Yeah, and can I book in with you, sir? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really inspired now. Yeah. Now I know there's not going to be a pain element. I'm yeah. like, right, I'm in. Where do I sign? <laughs> Take my money. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll, Thank we'll you speak off air. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much you. for having Bye. me. Bye. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. Using the link in our Instagram profile, you can easily email us, text us, apply to be a guest on the show, follow our personal accounts on Instagram, and even show your love and support us on Patreon. 